relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Uh, I think that's bigoted. I think that's racist because it's the antithesis of the Reverend Martin Luther King's desire not to have us be judged on the basis of our skin color. And there he was, infamously the current incumbent of the White House, saying, well, if you don't vote for a Democrat, you can't be black. That's bigotry. Now Charlemagne the God, as we heard yesterday, the man who was hosting that rather illiterate podcast it says i can't vote for kamala i can't vote for that racist old white man in the white house well are we finally seeing the collapse of the left's attempt to categorize us and divide us based upon race ethnicity sexual identity let's talk to a man who has mapped it all out for us. He is originally the author of the book that tells us everything you need to know on this topic. It is The Plot to Change America, followed by BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. And this this next one I'm really excited about. Based upon a paper he co-authored with my muse, Katie Gork at the Heritage Foundation, out in March, Next Gen Marxism. What it is and how to combat it. Mike Gonzalez from the Heritage Foundation, welcome back to America First. Seb, a very happy new year to you. I've already wished a happy new year to my co-author and your wife. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have my wife back now after about nine months of her working incessantly with you. Now she's actually back in my life. Both of you hit all the targets, hit the deadlines for the um, publishing of this book with Encounter Books. I'm super excited. The original paper, for those of you who want a little kind of... Uh, a flavor of what this book will be about comes from a presentation at the Heritage Foundation. Let's put it up on the screen. It is How Cultural Marxism Threatens the United States and How Americans Can Fight It. You can get that for free at heritage.org. Please, everybody, check it out. But before we get into this new book, before we get into uh, how the left has leveraged these uh, artificial identities uh, to split Americans... I need you to return to the subject of the first book I mentioned. Uh, as someone from Cuba yourself, I, I really I catch myself using the phrase Hispanic American, <coughs> Latino American. And you've explained how this is artificial. This is forced upon us by ideologues and then the federal government. Can you explain the genesis of these categories and why they are actually divisive? Yeah, but parenthetically, I wanted to explain that President Biden can say stuff like that because he was raised in the black community, as you know. Hang on, I thought it was Puerto Rican uh, oh, oh, and black. Yes. And, no, Jewish. Oh, yeah. No, at the same time. Was, yeah, it, and Irish. It depends on the day. <laughs> it depends on the day. And don't forget, he was a truck driver. <laughs> right. Right, right, uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. And at, at the top of his class. At the top, top of his class. Top no, of his he, got, class. he got two degrees yes, yes. at the same time at the top yeah. of his class. And he finished in like three weeks. He and, got two degrees. And or my father said to me, Joey, it's simple. It's love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Behave, Mike Gonzalez. <laughs> behave. All right, so... 
Talk to us about the genesis of this. Yes. And how the federal government has used it and how it's been exploited ideologically. Just let's start with the word um, Hispanic American. So, so that is uh, somebody actually did come up with that. She worked in the federal bureaucracy. Uh, I want to think that her name is, is Hughes Flores. She's actually, she, was, she was actually a Republican. Mm-hmm. And this, is, this happened, I think, under Nixon. And they were trying to come up. Let's go back. So I come to this country in, in, in 1974, and that year has the distinction of having the lowest uh, uh, foreign-born percentage of the population in uh, pr- probably in the history of the country. Really? It was under 6%. Wow. Because that, because that was the result of Ellis Island having been closed in 1925, uh, 1924. All the, the Ellis Islander groups, different groups, the Syrians, the, the Sicilians, the Poles, had, had, had time to assimilate. And then the immigration law had changed in 1965, but it hasn't had, hadn't had an impact yet. But the people who were reared in, in critical theory, the, the cultural Marxists, understood that they wanted to create different groups uh, into which to indoctrinate an oppressed mentality. This this whole the, the, the whole cultural Marxism that we have seen flower the victimhood the mentality. victimhood mentality that we have seen flower since the 1970s is predicated on on their of seeing everything in life through the the oppressor oppressed uh, prism narrative and so they needed they needed to, to create a lot of oppressed people they had Af- they had African Americans they had blacks of which um, uh, Marcuse Herbert Marcuse one of the leading theologians one of the leading philosophers of this movement had said in the 1960s that it was going to be, quote-unquote, his words that I'm using, the ghetto population that was going to offer the revolutionary locust. The so rev- the leftists use the, the phrase, the, the, the ghetto population. population. This, this is, Mar- I'm quoting Marcuse, we're quoting wow. Marcuse. He said, yeah, another quote, the right quote is, uh, people of other races and other colors are going to be, because they, 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 the worker, the white worker, they discovered to their chagrin and frustration was a very bad revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> the, the white worker did not hate the country. Did not, the white the worker, successful middle class family man they, didn't want to have a revolution. That's right. Wanted, wanted to have better working conditions in yeah. Michigan or Ohio. Right. Wanted a week on the Jersey Shore, perhaps, or by the lake in Wisconsin, but did not want to end the country. Loved the country, actually. The working man was patriotic. Yes. Uh, one of the, the things that I, one of the first English, uh, English language words that I learned was hard hats for Nixon as I arrived uh, in, in Queens, New York. Uh, and I, my uncle explained to me what hard hats for Nixon were and how important they were. Uh, so, so the left creates, and, and one of the groups they want to create is is out of the different groups. You had Mexicans, Mexican Americans in the Southwest. You had Cubans, which has who had started to arrive in the early '60s because of the Castro dictatorship in Miami, and you had Puerto Ricans who had started to arrive in New York in the 1950s because of Oper- Operation Bo- uh, Bootstrap in Puerto Rico. Uh, they uh, they were, they were actually, I remember very well, when I was in New York, in the streets of New York, they were called Spanish. Uh, they were uh-huh. called Spanish-speaking or Spanish. Spanish. Uh, uh, and then, but they wanted to create a group, a victim group, a victim into which they could instill uh, a sense of being oppressed. And in fact, there, there is a law that describes what a Hispanic is. It's a law that I believe was passed by Ed Roy, Ed Roy Bal who was uh, elected with communist help to Congress, uh, R-O-Y-B-A-L, Ed Roy Bao. Uh, And the law says that that what distinguishes this group, Hispanics, is not last name, is not the ability to speak English, is having come under discrimination. So it's it's victimhood that is to be the bonding agent, according to this law, which is a unique law 
in U.S. history in that it describes a group. So if we say that this is uh, created by, as you said, I like this phrase, that, you know, the theologians of the left, like Marcuse, it's picked up, it's used by federal government. If we don't want to have Americans split from each other, what do we do? Do we not use <coughs> these categories? Do, do we yeah. leave it to the census takers? That's right. We, Are we, we all Americans and we just don't talk about Spanish or Hispanic or no, no. What I think, Irish? What I think we should do is we should go back to what we did before night because it, it does come into, they, 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 as, you, as you put it yourself so very well, the federal government officializes this category right. in, 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 in policy directive number 15 by, by OMB. And you've got a box to tick. And, and then in 1980, three years later, in the first census, you have the first census that has Hispanics in it. Uh, it's late and, as late as 1980. Yeah, 1980. Wow. And Asian Americans. And people say, well, there has been this dramatic growth in Hispanics since 1980. Yes, because before that, they were white, or they were, or they were African-American, or they were other races. They were accounted according to their race, not according to this synthetic group that, 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 that the, 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 the activists create mm -hmm. and the, the official bureaucracy officializes. Uh, so so, so we, can, we can add that the next president in, in, in 2028... Uh, election in 2028, can tell the census, can rescind... And remove that box. Policy Directive number 15. He can rescind Policy Directive number... Uh, uh, we, uh, I forget what it was, but it was one that followed in 1996, which added Pacific Islanders. We can get rid of these categories, go back to asking what race you are, or we can go back to asking where were you born, where was your father born, where mm -hmm. was your grandfather born, mm -hmm. what language do you speak at home. Yeah. Uh, they asked all that before, uh, before right. 1980. Instead of creating these right. uh, victim classes. We're talking to Mike Gonzalez, Senior Fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He's on Twitter at Gundisalvas. Uh, if you want, right now, you can already pre-order Katie Gawker and Mike Gonzalez's book. It's available right now online. Go to Amazon.com. Next Gen Marxism, what it is and how to combat it. I've read it. It's a very good. You need it. If you enjoy the deep dive discussions with great experts like Mike, never miss any of our third hour long form interviews. Whichever podcast platform you prefer, make sure you are subscribed, whether it's the Salem Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Leave a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And if you want to have those changes made to the federal government, if you stand by my former boss, President Trump, then you should have the yard sign with his booking photograph from Atlanta, the ice stand with 45 flag and the Trump 2024 mug. We've got a special bundle for you and so much more at our store, sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorkastore.com. And please, also, more important than any of that, support him directly at donaldjtrump.com. That's donaldjtrump.com. Did you know that 84% of New Year's resolutions fail in the first six weeks? That's got me thinking about PhD weight loss and nutrition and why it was a success for me. Why I haven't gained one pound of my 42-pound weight loss back. Why Jeff, my producer, decided to start the program. Most people blame their failure on a lack of time, motivation, and a loss of zeal. PhD makes it simple. It doesn't take a lot of extra time. They are masters of motivation. You have a team of coaches by your side the whole time, and you don't lose your zeal because every week you make great strides, so you stay excited. Do something different this year and call PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition, 864-644-1900 to get started or online at myphdweightloss.com. Don't do this alone. The number, 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com.
Now, um, we have your friend Jim Carafano on the show regularly. We've had uh, your big boss, uh, Kevin Roberts, on the show as well. I know Heritage has to be careful. This isn't about politics. You're a 501c3, and I'm not asking you about politics. But as an observer of these cultural uh, fissures that have been exploited by the left, whether it's race, whether it's ethnicity, whether it's gender, we've seen some shocking statistics in just the last week here in terms of minority support for President Trump. We also saw in 2020 had the highest support from I'm going to use the left's language, Hispanic and black voters since 1965. Um, What what do you see this as a sign of? Uh, Do we ignore the identity of these individuals and say it's just about economics? Or do you think, given everything you've mapped in your books on BLM, the new book with Katie, that Americans are finally waking up to how the left has exploited them? Yeah, I think there's an element of almost everything you just said. We have seen different groups move at different speeds. I, I would say that the, the people who, who saw the most marked move towards Trump, don't forget, Trump got almost 40% of the quote-unquote Hispanic vote in 2020. That's a high watermark. That's huge. Uh, that, that's a huge leap over Romney's poultry, 27%, just six, eight years earlier, right? So eight years earlier, in 2012. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, Mexican Americans in the south of Texas, in the Rio Grande Valley, that was a huge leap. He, he, Trump advanced in those four counties at least thirty percentage points each or, or uh, thereabouts, and he actually won Zapata County, which had not been won by a Republican, I think, since ever. And there were some very, very uh, historic Republican victories as well in Texas. I think female candidates in in, in well, areas uh, of districts uh, that had never seen a, yeah, a Republican uh, for decades. So, I, so uh, Monica won. Monica, not, not Monica. Monica de la Cruz. I, I ran Flores. No, Maria. No, no. Flores lost. She won first, and then she lost. She's out of Congress now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 Monica won um, in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, look, uh, but I've talked to people, uh, like, for example, Rui Teixeira, who's a man of the left, but is a, a, a straight demographer. Mm-hmm. He's now at the American Enterprise Institute. He said that he saw movement among Puerto Rican voters in Hartford and Philadelphia and the Northeast, and those are, are among the most Democratic Hispanic yeah. votes right. that there are. In, in, in Miami, uh, what I hear uh, from people who follow the, the Cuban precincts, he won the Puerto Rican precincts. In the middle of the state, Trump did uh, by by a small percentage, but he did he did win them, and he won Miami uh, Cuban precincts. I hear by seventy five percent, so that is very substantial. Um, in 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 these precincts in Miami, which are predominantly Cuban American, Venezuelan American, it was obviously the, the socialism and Marxism that won there. In the in, in the Rio Grande Valley, it was perhaps more extraction. It was more about oil. It was more about the border, the border being, you know, uh, Trump well, let, let, success, successful on the border. Let's talk about the, the border for a second, because we've seen these yeah. shocking figures of, you know, 12,000 illegals in one day. We've seen 8 million illegals in three years that we know of. My argument is the following, and tell me if this tracks with what, what you're seeing, that millions of illegal immigrants from all over the planet, because they are coming from all over the planet, don't affect Mike Gonzalez or Sebastian Gorka. We'll, we'll be fine. <laughs> 
But if you're somebody who came from Mexico or Nicaragua, you know, in the last five years, did it legally, uh, you're paying your taxes, you're in a service industry, it's going to be those individuals who are hurt the most by somebody who comes in, is illegal, gets paid in cash, can undercut your wages. I've been told precisely that by Mexican-American voters. So is this this perhaps one of the biggest factors? I think so. I I think you've been on the border. I'm sure you've been on the border. You have traveled with Border Patrol. You have. Think of, ask yourself, what percentage of them were Mexican-American? To me, is the vast majority. It's 52% of CBP. Are, 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 oh, I don't know that number. But the, the, the majority are actually But the people I have traveled, Hispanic. the border that I have traveled in El Paso, yeah. in New Mexico, and in the Rio Grande Valley have almost always been Hispanic. Yeah. Always, almost yeah. always been Mexican-American. Right. Their families feel the brunt of this. Their families know how, how, how uh, frustrated they are, how their husbands are. How, how, how much they, they, they how badly they're treated, and this there's a backlash to that. Um, but I think overall, and I think the, uh, this is the most important thing, Seb, that I think, this is my conjecture, is the cultural thing. It's this idea... Okay, so let, let's unpack this. Because <coughs> as an outsider, but as a Catholic, I would expect these communities from Latin America right. to have traditional values. Is that simplistic? Is that, is no, 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 not at all. And, and uh, listen, don't forget that among Mexican-Americans in Texas, the, the, the rate of Protestantism is much higher than in actual Mexico. Mm. And with, with evangelicals, you get a much higher percentage that are conservative and conservative right. voting. Right. I don't right. know why that is, but it is, than, than with Catholic voters. Uh, and I think the difference, I don't have the numbers now, I knew the numbers, the numbers are substantial, a much higher percentage of Mexican-Americans in Texas are Protestant of some denomination than in Mexico itself. Um, I think what it is is the, the 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 woke left has abandoned the rank and file people. Yeah, they, they, when right. you when you say to anybody, uh, I don't want to speak on behalf of anybody's surname Gonzalez because I speak for myself only. <laughs> but when you say to a lot of people, your boy is a girl and your girl is a boy, uh, the answer from any grandmother I know would be, "K." Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, and, I, and I think the same thing with this this obsession with race uh, that I that I doesn't fit well in a community that doesn't feel victimized. You know, if you I ask people on the radio, people who do interview me on the radio all the time, for example, uh, let's say this take any 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 McAllen, it's like ninety three percent Mexican American. Mm-hmm. So I ask, so what percentage would you say is white? People go, they pause, and they say, uh, five? I say, no, it's like 93%. Because they tick both boxes. They tick both boxes? Yeah, they, well, because you can. Because his, the, the Hispanic uh, box is uh-huh. a question, yeah. separates the ethnic question, separate from the, from the ra- racial question. Right, right, racial question. Right. right. So so they may they may not tick it. They may not but tick what does that mean? What are they saying when they tick both they, boxes? They've they grown up. In, they, they, for, a lot of them are European, of European ancestry, but a lot of them... Their counties are ninety-two percent Mexican American. They don't feel like a minority. They don't feel victimized. They, you know, they, they, their culture. Feel, they feel American. Their Tejano culture. Right. I think first they feel Texan. Texan, yes. They feel Texan right. above everything else. Right. They feel Tejano. Right. Then Tejano is a different thing, right? They're Southern. They have this Tejano music. They have been there for generations. I think they feel first Texan. Uh, then American, then Mexican American, I, 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 and, and there's probably a poll out there. So I, I, I can I can probably say with with a strong 
make a strong assertion that the first thing they feel is Tejano or Texan. We're talking to Mike Gonzalez. He's the co-author of the brand new book, along with my wife, Katie Gorka, Next Gen Marxism, What It Is and How to Combat It. Uh, if you want to make sure you never miss any of the breaking news and what we have for you here on America First, make sure you are following us on all the social media platforms that matter. Just look for my name, Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorka, on True Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Getter, Telegram. You can watch us. We are a television show on your Roku, your Fire Stick, or your Samsung device, or just download the Salem News Channel app. And for unique content written by me and direct access to me, go to my Substack, SebastianGorka.substack.com. That's my whole name. There's one word, SebastianGorka.substack.com. Are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Well, my friend, Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. He didn't just stomp out the pillow. He also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. Made from the world's best cotton called Giza, these sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets with prices starting as low as $29.98 in a variety of sizes and colors and have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio square and use promo code G-O-R-K-A at checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and the MyPillow towel sets. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-829-8468 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code Gorka. That's 800-829-8468 or MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. Ms. Stefanik, you're recognized for five minutes. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to it's free speech... It's a yes speech. or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free it's speech It's a yes extends. or no question. Let me ask you this. You are president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? I've heard that term, yes. And you wonder... I don't think she's smirking anymore. Uh, She's gone uh, three out of two who were... Uh, questioned by Elise Stefanik, have left their positions as presidents of those erstwhile reputable institutions, University of Pennsylvania and now Harvard. Um, We're going to discuss what can be done to undo the wokeness in those institutions momentarily. But if you enjoy America First, please support those that make this show possible. Great patriots like Mike Lindell. If you weren't satisfied with your Christmas gifts, treat yourself right now. MyPillow doesn't just have the MyPillow. It has more than 200 items on the website, all made in America, including the pet beds that our dogs, including our latest, Titus, absolutely loves with that my pillow stuffing. But the sheepskin lined slippers, the towel sets, the pajamas, they're made in America by Americans for you. Check out the amazing selection at mypillow.com. Use my name for up to 66% off. Don't buy Chinese garbage on Amazon. Buy American. Call in your order. Talk to a human being. How nice is that? 800-829-8468. That's 800-829-8468. Or just go to mypillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. Mypillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. 
A-R-K-A. All right, so you have this new book coming out with Katie in March. Everybody has to pre-order it right now to understand the threat, next-gen Marxism, what it is and how to combat it. If you had to identify a locus, so we have the Frankfurt School, we have the Gramscians from the 20s all the way through to the 70s, but if you had to um, identify a locus of this next-gen Marxism, would it be universities <coughs> like Harvard and UPenn and MIT, such as the ones that gave us President Gay? Yes. It was the, the, the book that Katie and I wrote uh, specifically singles out uh, universities in the late 80s, mid-80s, late 80s, as the first place that is, um, that is colonized. Uh, they, had a, they had a blueprint on how to do this. It was called the Long March to the Institutions, yeah. Rudy Duchka. Uh, people think that was Gramsci saying that is the Gramscian idea. But, but he gave it the name. Du- yeah, Rudy Duchka, who's a disciple of Marcuse. And Marcuse blessed it right away. He said, that's, that's it. He said you have to, in fact, he wrote a letter to Rudy Duchka saying you have to burrow in and in, in, in work from within. And then, that's exactly what they did. So as somebody who's a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation, which is the conservative mothership, I have to ask the question. What have conservatives been doing since the 1980s? Well, I would say that at the beginning, some conservatives, like, for example, Alan Bloom, caught on to this. He yeah. wrote a very good book, The Closing with the American Mind. Peter Thiel wrote one of the first books on identity politics, of what he witnessed in, 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 uh, in, in Stanford. And he wrote it in 1994. And Victor Davis Hanson uh, wrote uh, Who Killed Homer right. in terms of the political correctness that killed classic education. Right, right. right. right, and, right, then, right. and then, and then uh, Pat Horowitz, mm-hmm. uh, Norman, uh, actually uh, wrote an essay in which he said, we're all Gramscians now. But, but, in but, 1996, my thesis, my yeah. thesis, and I may be wrong about this, I don't know if I put this in the book, is that 9-11 happens. And all the best minds were drawn into fighting the Islamic the, the Islamic and that they all of a sudden they believed that this cultural threat was uh, not as important as as they had believed, and and all the all the minds uh, went into what do we do? How do we keep the homeland safe? And and I remember myself how involved I was. I was then on the uh, writing editorials for the Wall Street Journal in Europe. Uh, when this happened, and, and all of a sudden I became focused like a laser beam on the American homeland and how to, how to protect the American homeland and the pieces that, that I wrote to the pieces that I, that I commissioned, the pieces that I edited. So it was the threat of jihadism that kind of made us take our eye off the ball of the domestic threat? I think so. I think if I would say why the, the, the young conservatives are very damning, they say to us older conservatives, look, this happened on your watch. Yeah. We lost the universities. We lost Hollywood. We lost all the, all the pinnacles, all the, all, all, uh, the, the, the heights, the cultural heights uh, of the culture. And it's true. It's a, it's a true charge. Uh, but I'd say that in the in the from the late '80s to the '90s, through the '90s, conservatives were were waking up to this, and then all of a sudden they they looked elsewhere again. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. We are trained Marxists. We are super versed on ideological theories. If you're a listener to this show, if you're a patriotic conservative, you've heard that cut from Patrice Couleurs, one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter many times before. But there's a whole backstory. There's a thread. There's a web which has been now uncovered by our guest in studio, along with my wife, Katie Gawker. Their new book, Mike Gonzalez and Katie Gawker's Next Gen Marxism, is about to be published this year. Uh, you can pre-order it right now. What, one of the things uh, with, with your specific talents, because Katie does come from background in, in the ideological threat of first jihadism and then Marxism, but you said you were writing pieces for the Wall Street Journal in Europe. Can you, can you enlighten us on the international aspect of this next-gen Marxism, especially <laughs> in the Spanish-speaking world? This isn't just, you know, Patrice Couleurs and the people behind her here in America. Isn't this a, an international movement of next-gen Marxists, Mike? Yeah, very much so. She herself was recruited by Eric Mann, right. a former member of the Weather on the Ground, I believe in the late 90s. He... Eric Mann wrote a book in 2011 in which he said he, he singled out Patrice Colores. This is before BLM is created. Yeah. This is before Trayvon Martin is, is killed or, or George Zimmerman is acquitted. Uh, uh, he writes in 2011 saying, I have this brilliant person whom I train into Marxism and train into organizing. Um, but then you had the, the, the social forum, which was a, a Brazilian French invention. The social forum. Yeah, the World Social Forum. Mm -hmm. uh, and they begin uh, to have uh, meetings of global Marxists, I believe, in the year 2001. Are they doing it as Marxists, or are they doing yeah, it no. under the cover of something else? No, 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 no as Marxists. Yeah. So they're saying we're Marxists. Well, well it's, it's not called the, the meeting of Marxism, but the people they invite are Marxists. The mm -hmm. people they invite are, are whatever they choose to call themselves. Uh, in fact, as you know... A lot of times they, they, they are ecologists or they, they are um, gender theorists right. or, or they're racial critical uh, law or social justice. Right? But what they have, you know, Eric Mann himself gives an interview in 2015 in which he says this is a little division of labor that we have. He says that he uses that phrase, a little division of labor that we Marxists have. It's all liberation, uh, liberation groups across the board. So they begin to, and then uh, and then they go to to Venezuela. Uh, Chavez, the, the Marxist dictator of Venezuela, they have a meeting there in 2005. In Chavez, at that meeting in 2006, at the Caracas meeting, he says, we, "This needs to this, this the United States needs to be brought in. The, the United States needs to be we, we the United States needs to wake up and needs to be brought in. Needs to be played a part in this." And lo and behold, 2007, they have the creation of the U.S. Social Forum. 
It's, uh, it's no longer the World Social Forum. They create a subsidiary called the U.S. Social Forum. And it just so happens that Alicia Garza, the other co-founder, along with Patrice Coulouris of BLM, is at that very inaugural, and she plays a leading role. The organization, I believe the organization was POWER, People Organized, I forget what POWER stands for. Which I know that Marxist prep- yeah. preparatory. Uh, they, they, it's, it's on the organizing committee, and, and Alicia Garza herself organizes a group of 40, I believe, that were African-American and Hispanic uh, attendees, and they, they, they go to Atlanta, and they have a meeting in Atlanta in 2007, and then they, 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 hold, they, they meet every year, but they not, not only meet every year, they hold workshops throughout the year. The left is very good at their meetings. When we have meetings and, and, and conferences, we give pep rally and we, we give red meat to the, to the base. <laughs> they actually have workshops. They do that, work. <clears throat> they work. They work. They strategize. They have teach-ins and, and all this. And they, they, they talk to each other throughout the year. And what is their goal? Is it, is it old school <coughs> Trotskyite or Stalinist? Is it world revolution? Or what is next gen about, what is next gen about the next gen so, Marxists? Well, the next gen is the cultural, the, the fact that it's no longer an economically determinist group, that in fact, in, 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 which no longer bases revolution on the worker, it bases revolution on all these different identities. The, 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 the oppressed group are now the proletariat. Because mm. as we know, we discussed earlier, the proletariat is just really bad at revolution. The, 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 the proletariat, the locus, the, 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 the agency is based on different identities that, can, that feel a sense of victimhood, a sense of, of being aggrieved, uh, a sense of being oppressed by the oppressor group. And they don't say, they, they don't come out and say what we want is world revolution, although sometimes they say it. But a phrase that comes up constantly, and if you ever hear this, you should pick up, pick up your ears, is another world is possible. Ah. Another world is possible. They never tell you that it's collectivism. Uh, they, they, sometimes they do, but they, they, they don't tell you central planning. They don't tell you it's a gulag for you if you don't agree with the other world is possible. They just tell you another world is possible. But that is and code? We, it's code. When you hear that, Sebastian, trust me, my man, it's code for... Central planning, but it sounds so nice, Mike. It's just another world is possible. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and in that another world, how important is, for example, unfettered immigration in terms of diluting the national sovereignty of America? This is all part and parcel, isn't well, it? They, La Razia and everything else. It's a, it's. Don't forget the, the the main BLM group, although it's no longer really the name. But up up until a few months ago, the main the main BLM group was the Black Lives Matter. Global Network Foundation. It's a global network. Yeah, they like one of the. They keep a lot of the stuff that's in the manifesto, just because they're not economic determinists and they don't believe in that they're, they're, that that they, 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 the capitalism will be overthrown in a bloody revolution with a lot of loss of life. They have abandoned all that. They could have, if 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 they if they're offered that they'll take it. Yeah. But they believe in the more Gramscian approach, a cultural approach of, 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 of infiltrating, indoctrinating. Uh, and, and, um, but they, they still believe in, the, in, in dismantling the family. They still believe in dismantling religion and, and, and God and in dismantling the nation state. The nation state. They hate the nation state. Yeah. The nation state, which provides us with our laws, a sense of human rights, everything, a sense of self-governance. You cannot... Be, you cannot self-govern under world, world governance. Right. 
You, can't. you can't control your future if you, you have a nation state, right? right. right? It's, yeah, you it's, can control your future if you have a nation state. You right. can vote laws. You, you can can't have a world laws. revolution with a nation state. Right, right. We're talking to the co-author of the brand new book, Pre-Order It Right Now, Next Gen Marxism, what it is, and most importantly, how to combat it. This is America First One-on-One coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios. A relief factor. Why do I take it every morning and every evening? And why does Katie as well? Well, very simply because it actually works. Just listen to Alicia from California. This is her story. I'm a grocery store worker and was working doubles during the coronavirus shutdown. At 52 years old, my two bad knees did not get a rest. I literally limped to and from bed. Two days into Relief Factor and the pain decreased substantially. So thankful for this amazing product. That should be your story. It could be your story. I think it should. Find out today. Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you. Like it works for me, Alicia, and over a million of your fellow Americans. The number, one 800 for relief or go to relieffactor.com. That's 1-800-473-5433, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. All right, so here's the big question. Uh, I don't see your your large uh, briefcase with you, so you must have left your crystal ball at home, Mike. Uh, Give us some predictions. If you look at the last, what is it, 1917, so we've got uh, 107 years of uh, history to go by. Will this revolution ultimately collapse as well? Will the revolutionaries eat each other? We may have gone from classic Marxism to Gramscian now to next gen. Are you seeing signs of fragility or is it up to conservatives to really wake up and take it seriously? Well, I mean, yes to both. Uh, Conservatives have to wake up and take it seriously. But I do see a... a, Look, after October 7th, you have the the, the grotesque Hamas massacre, the, the gang rapes in Israel on October 7th, and then you have demonstrations here in the United States siding with the terrorists yeah. and, and identifying the terrorists as, as members of the oppressed category and the women they gang-raped as the oppressors. Right. And a lot of people said, hang on a second. This, this is, this, it, it shocked many good liberals. You know, people who disagree with you and me on taxes, they may disagree on abortion, but they are, they, 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 you know, they say, no, this is, this, I'm not, this is a, a, a bridge too far. And, and so I see that there's a, the scales have fallen from people's eyes as saying, perhaps teaching future generations to see everything through the prism of the oppressed versus oppressor produces, uh, you know, Horrible very, results. Very destructive outcomes. Yeah. Uh, and because they, they see it. So I think this is a window of opportunity. And obviously, the demise of, uh, of Claudine Gay, which happens directly as a result of October 7th. Let's not forget that she had a, a, a very a disastrous testimony to the House Committee, uh, committee on uh, Education and the Workplace. Um, and and then it's after that that we that we hear about all the, the over fifty charges of, of plagiarism, plagiarism yes. which Harvard knew about, but Harvard did nothing about. Well, actually, they did the opposite. They they threatened lawsuits yeah. to media yeah, platforms who were going through. <coughs> right. They right. knew about it, right. and then they threatened right. to sue companies so, telling the truth. So 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 I so now this is a, a significant victory for truth, mm. but they they the left 
not used to losing <laughs> is going to be out for blood. And they yeah. now they realize they have been put on notice that the American people have woken up. Right. And that the political class, not all the political class, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of uh, Republicans still lacking a spine, still looking for it with a magnifying glass on the floor. Um, but a lot of Republicans and, and some Democrats are now beginning to say, wait a second, uh, maybe, maybe systemic overhaul, it's not what is needed. Maybe when, you cha- when you're talking about changing the entire system, yeah. maybe, maybe America is not systemically racist. Maybe you have racist, <coughs> awful racists who commit awful racist acts, but an indictment of all of America and a demand for an overhaul. Is, so I, I think people are waking up to this. Well, find out the truth. Uh, the first paper that launched the idea for this book is available for free at heritage.org. It's based upon a presentation, How Cultural Marxism Threatens the United States and How Americans Can Fix It, from Mike and uh, Katie. And the book you can pre-order right now is simply Next Gen Marxism, What It Is and How to Combat It. Educate yourself, prepare yourself, gird your loins, because as Mike said, they can't do it quietly anymore, because now we know what they're doing. You've been listening to America First one-on-one. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel, watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in, and stay frosty. Welcome, dear friends. This is America First. Happy Thursday. My gosh, we have quite the show for you today. We'll be joined by none other than America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani, Matt Ball, the Washington bureau chief for that conservative juggernaut, yes, Breitbart.com. And we're going to unpack the Marxist threat to America with a good friend of mine in the third hour. Um, Can we play cuts now or do we have uh, the option to do any cuts now? Okay, so I'm going to start by talking about what is, what is politics in America today? What has happened to politics? And what would the left have you believe is true about you and what is true about them? Let's start by sharing an example of somebody who has had it. You may not vote for him. That's okay. He's a smart guy because he is prepared to call out the liars for who they are. That man is Vivek Ramaswamy, a Washington Post journalist who thought she was being very, very, very clever, asked this man whose parents came from India, whose skin doesn't happen to be white like mine, whether he is prepared. Yeah, she actually asked this whether he, as an Indian American, is prepared to denounce white supremacy because he's running as a Republican for the presidential nomination. How did he respond? Let's have a listen. I'm not I'm not going to recite some catechism for you. I'm against vicious racial discrimination in this country. So I'm not pledging allegiance to your new religion of modern wokeism, which absolutely fits fits the test. I'm not going to bend the knee to your religion. I'm sorry. I'm not asking you to bend the knee to mine and I'm not going to bend the knee to yours. But do I condemn vicious racial discrimination? Yes, I do. Am I going to play your silly game of gotcha? No, I'm not. And frankly, this is why people have lost trust. And I know you're going to go print the headline tomorrow. I already know this. We already know how your game works. Vivek Ramaswamy refuses to condemn white supremacy because you asked a stupid question. The reality is I condemn vicious racial discrimination in this country, but the kind of vicious and systematic racial discrimination we see today is discrimination on the basis of race in a very different direction. 
You want to know what the best way is to end discrimination on the basis of race? Stop discriminating on the basis of race. Do that, and we're going to move this country forward. And I don't care whether you're black or white or brown or anything in between. That's how we're going to unite this country. You people have been responsible for dividing this country to a breaking point, creating a projection of national division. I meet people from the south side of Chicago to meetings like this one of every shade of melanin, multiple from man to woman, doesn't make a difference, who are hungry for reviving unity in this country. And you, with your catechism that you try to get to politicians to whatever fake headline you're going to print on the basis of this conversation tomorrow, that's what's dividing this country for a break, to a breaking point. Shame on you. Look people in the eye and tell them what you've actually failed to tell them for the last five years. Own the accountability for your own failures as the media. That's how we rebuild trust in this country. And until then, I don't have a lot of patience to play the games. Can I translate that into English? I'm not taking your crap anymore. That's what he's saying. And in a little bit more depth. You want to stop racism? Stop being a racist, Democrats. Stop voting for somebody who became president who said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Stop allowing millions of illegal immigrants into America just so that you can amnesty them. What the Department of Homeland Security's Alejandro Mayorkas calls a pathway to citizenship because you think that they're going to be Democrats simply because they're brown or black. You know what that is? Rank bigotry. That is the definition of racism. Now, we are mired in this every single... If you listen to this show, you are a political animal, and that's good. You might be a political freak like me. You may be obsessed with this stuff. As my father said, (laughs) politics, filthy, disgusting but oh, so very, very fascinating. We live it here at America First. We drink it. We eat it. We sleep on it. Every single day, it's who we are. Mr. G's even worse than I am. But what's the truth about politics? What, What would the left have you believe? And what's the truth? It's very simple. We can boil it down to... The Democrats are the nice party, and they care about the little guy, and they care about minorities, and they want to help you. They want to use the government to help you. It's nothing more than that. That's what they say. What do they say about us? If you're a conservative, a Republican, you're nasty, you're greedy, you're a capitalist, And you hate minorities. And you like guns. And you're radical. It's really that simple. Those are the two messaging baskets. They're nice. And we're nasty. Now let's flip it. Let's talk about the truth. What is the left actually? And who are we? Let's start with us. What do we really believe in and what do we do? Not, not what is the left saying of us, not how they are smearing us. What do we believe in? It's not complicated. We believe in individual freedom. We want the government out of our lives. We want to be allowed to pursue happiness, to find our own happiness, not to have the government 
decide outcomes for us. We believe in America. We think it's a good thing. We think, well, actually, it's the best thing out there in terms of possible citizenships or countries you can live in. We believe it's the best. We believe in families. We believe in marriage between a man and a woman, and that if you get married and raise children and there is a mother and father in the home, that is ideal. It's not a guarantee, but it is the ideal. We also believe that America is unique. Why? Because it is the, well, first, it's the, the only first functioning modern republic, okay? Forget the Greeks, because not very few people there had the right to be involved in politics, okay? We are the first functioning republic where the concept of the sovereignty of the people was the bedrock of our founding. And beyond that, our rights were enshrined in our founding document as coming from our creator, the word creator with a capital C. We only have value. We only have dignity. We only have any unalienable rights because we are made in his image. If you don't believe in God, you don't have any rights. Somebody has to make them up artificially. A, a sovereign, an elite, a dynasty has to deign to give you rights. That's what we believe in. Liberty, God, family, America. What's the left in reality? They hate individual liberty. They want control over you. They want as large a government as possible. They want you dependent upon the government, the great society. And they want to undermine the values upon which this nation was founded. That's why they teach critical race theory. That's why they are forcing DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion across our corporations. That's why they think it's fine that a man can become a woman or a boy can have his testicles removed and so magically become a girl in the spirit of what? Transgenderism? That's evil. That's the work of the devil. They think white people are bad, despite the fact that most of modern society was built and invented by white men, not even white women. No, white men are the problem. And they think, very simply, that the world is divided into oppressor and victim based upon skin color. We must reject all of that. We cannot allow them to win, ever, until they love America again, not because they're forced to, but because they understand this is the greatest nation on God's green earth. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, coming to you from the ReliefFactor.com studios. If you enjoy this show, if you value the guests that we bring to you, don't make, don't miss any of our episodes. Subscribe to the podcast right now. Whichever platform you prefer, look for my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Leave a five-star review, share the links with your friends, and then, if you want to live in peace and harmony again, support President Trump. Go to SebGorkaStore.com for all your America First gear. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A Store.com. And please support him directly at DonaldJTrump.com. Yeah. <laughs> 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.